You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Monday, November 5th, and Penn State got embarrassed at the big house again. Yeah, it was a tough, tough thing to watch on Saturday is Penn State's uh, Penn State's afternoon and it kind, of, kind of like their 2018 season just kind of unraveled in a uh, lopsided 42 to seven, almost a 42 to nothing loss at Michigan, who is a very good team, but still Penn State should not be in a position that it loses games like it did on Saturday. So we're going to dissect that disappointing and frankly embarrassing result in uh, today's show on our Monday Rewind. We will have what we saw, what we heard, and what it means all coming up here in our three segments on this show. But it was uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't fun. It is of a low feeling that Penn State fans... I mean, I I guess they've had, there's been bad losses this season and last season, but there haven't been lopsided losses. So it's a different feeling, a different thing to process for this team. And uh, there's a lot of questions about where they go from here in the last couple weeks and uh, and where this program is right now. So we're going to get into some of those questions, get into what happened uh, (laughs) right now. We're going to start with our what we saw from Saturday's game. And pretty much Penn State got embarrassed by a clearly superior team that's the bottom line it is exactly what happened the last time that Penn State went to an arbor in 2016 they lost by 39 points uh but the big difference was that this one was more personal for Michigan and this one shouldn't have happened to Penn State the team in 2016 there were no expectations they were unranked they were coming off of back-to-back seven and six seasons this one Penn State was a top 10 team five weeks ago, and uh, they are now very far from that. And yeah, this was certainly personal for Michigan. Michigan remembered what happened last year when they went to Beaver Stadium and lost by 29 points and thought Penn State ran things up because they kept running plays until the last second. And uh, Michigan did not forget it. That was evident on Saturday. Um, Last week, going into this game, I talked about it on here, and I think the general vibe was that Penn State really doesn't have anything to lose. Michigan is has all the pressure on its side. It's playing at home, can get in the college football playoff, like top four if they win this game. Um, they are in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten, the Big Ten East, for the first time under Jim Harbaugh, and the you know the ranked higher, the favorite by ten points. And uh, yeah, Penn State didn't have anything to lose, but. <laughs> still, uh, you'd expected them to go in and put up a fight. Even if you thought Penn State was going to lose this game, you thought maybe it'd be by 10, 14 points or wh- whatever. And you could swallow that. That would have been fine if Penn State went in and was able to do some things offensively and kept it within a couple touchdowns. That would have been understandable. This, however, was the worst case scenario. Uh, it was... Penn State's performance, you saw a team whose calling card has been creative and fun offense for the last two years. 
they could barely move the ball. They had a quarterback who was clearly not at 100%, uh, but a quarterback who is in the conversation on the short list of the best quarterbacks in school history, and he had one of the worst games he's ever had in a Penn State uniform. They had a coaching staff who, <laughs> frankly, wasn't sure who their quarterback was in the third, fourth quarter, um, and they had and they had a defense who was asked to be on the field for a ton of the game and eventually got worn down. And we saw a program which has played really close games for the last two and a half years and has not gotten, I mean, they've had a fourth quarter lead in, in 30 plus, I think it's 31 games, 31 straight games entering Saturday. They had a lead in the fourth quarter. And for the first time since they went to Michigan the last time in September of 2016, we saw a team, a Penn State team just get annihilated. Uh, it was tough to watch at the end. It was kind of a, a slow death march by Michigan. They Penn State did stay within two touchdowns uh, for the first, almost first three quarters, but they just, uh, all, all the numbers were on Michigan's side. It felt like Penn State really never had a chance in this one. Uh, yeah, it was tough to watch at the end. The box score is, is tough to look at. Uh, looking at here on Sunday, the day after. Penn State was basically shut out for 58 minutes, and Michigan's starting defense did not give up a point. I think they probably could have pitched a shutout if they wanted to keep their starters in the whole time. Uh, Penn State finished with 186 yards of offense. Honestly felt like less. Just 68 of those were rushing yards. Between uh, McSorley, Trace McSorley, and sacks do count against you in college football, but between Trace McSorley and Miles Sanders, Penn State's starting running back, they those two players combined for eight rushing yards. Eight. Penn State is 68 as a team. Michigan, meanwhile, had 259 yards on the ground. Pretty much every time they got the ball, they ran for four, five, six, eight, ten yards. Through the air, it wasn't much better for Penn State. I guess it was probably worse, honestly. Uh, Trace completed five passes. Five. He was five for 13, which is insane for 83 yards. Penn State's quarterbacks were sacked five times. They threw two picks. One from that was that Tommy Stevens pick six on one of just a really, really poorly thrown ball. Uh, Penn State's wide receivers, total wide receivers, had three catches, two by Jahan Dotson, one by KJ Hamler, zero by any other receiver. That's it. <sighs> so it was just, there. there's nothing really good about this. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Michigan uh, now fourth in the AP poll. Penn State, meanwhile, dropped to 21st. Michigan is clearly a much, much better team, and they probably have the best defense in the country if you don't count defenses that play in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And it would have taken a lot right for Penn State to win this game. It would have taken a little more right for them to stay in this game. Um, but miraculously, like Penn State was only down by 14 at halftime, only down by 14 midway through the third quarter. Uh, and it, when it felt like Michigan was up by three or four touchdowns, obviously some of the things that could have went Penn State's di way didn't. Uh, they had that blocked field goal that it looked like they took back for a quirky, weird special teams touchdown in the first in the first half. But that was called back due, due to like seven different penalties. <laughs> Enough of uh, one was on Penn State and that brought it back. Then right before halftime, Penn State was actually moving the ball on one of the few drives where they looked okay. They were moving the ball, and 
Trace McSorley had DeAndre Tompkins wide open after uh, Michigan's quarterback fell. He slipped. DeAndre Tompkins is wide open down the sideline. Easy touchdown. Should be 14-7 to going into halftime. And McSorley just missed, overthrew him, and those two have been out of sync all year. These all wide receivers and Trace McSorley have been out of sync all year. Uh, it, it was... It was tough to watch. I mean, this game, and crazy enough that it could have been 14 to 7 or 14 to 14 at halftime. Who knows? Uh, but then in the second half, Michigan just puts its nose down on offense, comes up with those, you know, as I mentioned, a couple yards every time they carry the ball. Penn State's defense got worn down, and understandably so. I I don't blame Penn State's defense for this. I mean, they, I mean, sure, they could have played a little bit better. Michigan came up with some big plays, and, and you know, they didn't, they didn't come up with any takeaways or anything, but it could have been. <laughs> they did their job for something like three quarters of the game, more or less. And Penn State's offense did its job for zero quarters. So it was lopsided. It was ugly. There were not many reasons for Penn State fans to smile between 345 on Saturday and the final whistle of that one. Um, the bottom line is it wasn't a game, as I mentioned, that Penn State was expected to win. But it also wasn't a game that Michigan was expected to win by 35 points. And that's why this loss is is tough to swallow. All right, so that's what we saw on Saturday. Penn State's worst loss since they went to the big house the last time and lost by 39 in 2016. A lot of questions moving forward with this team and uh, what happens the last three weeks of the regular season. Uh, We'll answer them on on today's show and some upcoming shows. Uh, But that is what we saw at the big house. It was not fun to watch if you are a Penn State fan. That's for sure. All right, we have to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have what we heard after Penn State's ugly 42-7 loss at Michigan on Saturday. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more 
Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get to your favorite live event. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We are moving on in our autopsy of Penn State's 35-point demolishing at the hands of Michigan on Saturday with our What We Heard segment. This is a look at some of the best quotes from following Saturday's game. Um, So one thing that I heard during the game and uh, uh, reading uh, Audrey Snyder from The Athletic, reading her recap, it was true, and it was not a not something of, of my imagination. But it was we heard uh, Michigan playing Zombie Nation in the stands, and I, it sounded like on TV at least it sounded like their student section was saying "We are Penn State." I don't know if that was what they exactly they were saying, but it was a definite shot at Penn State and a kind of a troll job on their end to, to play Zombie Nation. I think they also played Seven Nation Army a lot in Sweet Caroline. Not sure if they usually do that in Michigan or if those were all uh, intentional jabs at Penn State because they certainly might have been. And you cu- kind of couple with that uh, of on the field of what they did. You had Chase Winovich and a couple other Michigan players doing the Trace McSorley celebration, uh, hitting a home run and admiring it after uh, – after Michigan's pick six of Tommy Stevens, you had Donovan Peoples-Jones, who Michigan wide receiver who scored a touchdown and did the Saquon Barkley celebration with his arms swinging while he was running. Uh, not sure why they're mocking Saquon, who completely torched them last year and is now was a second overall pick in the NFL draft and <laughs> was at no fault uh, for this loss. Anyway, uh, Michigan certainly t- took this game personally. They kind of set it going in, and uh, it definitely played out that way. So no doubt. So you weren't hearing things if you did hear Zombie Nation or, or any other Beaver Stadium hits during the game. That was seemed to be intentional from uh, whoever picks the music there at Michigan, at, at the big house at Michigan Stadium. Uh, it also seemed like it was, like we knew it was personal because uh, Michigan players said it was going in, and they were upset that Penn State kept running plays and they were winning by a ton of points last year. So Michigan took all the opportunities to get as many points to the board as they can. Uh, it was also very personal for Michigan defensive coordinator, Don Brown. Uh, he is one of the top defensive coordinators in college football. Uh, he talked about the game going in, said he thought about it every day for the past year about the game last year when his usually stout defense just got picked apart by Joe Moorhead and Penn state. Obviously, things were much different on Saturday. And uh, Jim Harbaugh, after the game, said, quote, he's the king of defensive coordinators, talking about Don Brown. So there's that from the Michigan side. Uh, from the Penn State side, there were some some interesting quotes, some things that, that did need to be addressed. Uh, basically, James Franklin, uh, here's James Franklin's opening statement uh, when he met with reporters on Saturday and notably said that, Penn State or got its butt kicks, butts kicked. Uh, Franklin also had a few other comments later in the uh, in his press conference. He was asked about the switching of quarterbacks that he pulled Trace McSorley late in the third quarter. Tommy Steven goes in, throws a pick six. Trace McSorley's back out there on the next play. So was that 
They wanted to pull Trace because he was hurt. They wanted to pull Trace because they were losing by so much. Uh, here's what Franklin said. Quote, you make the decision that you probably could have made the change a little bit earlier the way they were pressuring us and loading the box. Tommy was able to do some good things when he was in there. It's hard taking Trace McSorley off the field. Did the same thing last week and made and made some huge plays for us, but it's difficult to take him off the field. That's probably the biggest thing, our trust and our belief in him. But obviously, after the fact, we should have made a change earlier, end quote. So Franklin in there basically admitting that McSorley's wasn't very mobile with his knee injury and that the pressure was getting to him and that he wasn't very effective, which is obviously true. And um, James Franklin, who has said in the past that he's loyal to a fault, kept his three-year starting quarterback in there for a long time and then admitted he should have made a change earlier. So that will certainly be something to keep an eye on this week if McSorley can go and if he's healthy enough to play enough to play against Wisconsin. Or maybe at this point, do you want Tommy Stevens in there to help you, you know, build a bridge to the 2019 season? I don't know. Some pe- some fans, I'm sure, will want that, and it will be a topic of discussion this week, and I'm sure we'll get into it later. Uh, let's see. What else we got? We have um, one other quote I gathered here from Trace McSorley. This was to Audrey Snyder of The Athletic. He uh, basically asked about why, what, what was going wrong for Penn State's offense. He said, Quote, I feel like I'm a broken record. At this point, it's just making sure everyone is staying on top of everything they're doing, not letting this sleep in this week slip into next week. Once we get into Sunday, it's getting through the film, which is going to suck. It's going to hurt. It's going to feel like we're getting punched in the gut, however many plays of football we played tonight. It's going to be tough, but you're going to have to watch it and be critical of ourselves, end quote. So McSorley, at least in that quote, sounded like a guy who wants to watch the film, though it's not going to be very flattering of him or of his teammates on offense and knowing that they need to get better. If they're going to end up going 9-3, and three, their biggest hurdle is going to come this week with Wisconsin coming to Beaver Stadium. So Penn State will need to be better against the Badgers. Uh, that game at noon kick, by the way. They did announce that on Sunday. It will be number 21 Penn State against an unranked Wisconsin team, which is crazy to think uh, <laughs> where these two teams were going into the year. Uh, so yeah, that's from McSorley. I would expect Franklin to at least keep him starting. Don't be surprised if they use Tommy Stevens more, but I think if Trace McSorley is able to play, that James Franklin will keep using him as a starting quarterback. Again, something we'll discuss much further this week here on Locked On Nittany Lines. All right, so that's what we heard after Penn State's blowout loss to Michigan. We have to step away for another quick break, but when we come back, we'll have what Saturday's game means for Penn State moving forward. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We're wrapping up today's show with what it means Penn State's 42-7 loss at Michigan on Saturday. So this loss, it could have been a game that really turned the tides of Penn State's second half of the season and set them up for a 10-2 campaign and a New New Year's Six Bowl. No, that is decidedly not what happened on Saturday. This loss means that 
Penn State is probably going to go nine and three, maybe eight and four this season. But where they stand now, they're six and three. Coming into the season, I think maybe some people thought they'd probably be here, maybe seven and two. Uh, and it's not really the losses that are bad for Penn State. It's how they got them. Two of these games are incredibly winnable where you have they have the winning percentage factor and, and Penn State's winning percentage is at or chances to win are at above 90% against both Ohio State and Michigan State in the fourth quarter. And they let those games at home slip away. And then they have this one at Michigan where they just get blown out and embarrassed and nearly shut out for the first time in 16 years, 17 years, excuse me. Um, and all three of these losses for their own reasons have been just left you with a really bad taste in your mouth and have been incredibly tough to swallow. Um, coming into the season, everyone pretty much AP rankings, experts, all this, everyone thought that the big 10 East had four top 15 teams in the nation. Penn state obviously was one of them. Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan, the other three. Things haven't really panned out that way, at least for the Spartans and the Nittany Lions have fallen well out of the top 15, but Ohio State and Michigan are still there. Uh, and maybe they haven't been as good as everyone thought, but again, you knew that Penn State was going to have to beat these three teams like they do every year, these three other very good programs in their same division if they were going to make a run at a Big Ten championship. And Penn State has now lost to all three of them in various lousy ways that I just mentioned. They've all been very tough losses. Two of them are very winnable games. Uh, but yeah, Penn State now 0-3 against those three teams. Went 1-2 against them last year. James Franklin has never gone 3-0 and against those teams. And that is incredibly tough to do. Like That's never going to be an easy feat. It's going to be rare that any four of these teams runs a gauntlet. Michigan might do it this year, but they still have to get past Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State could do it this year, but they still need to beat Michigan State and Michigan. Um, it's really hard to do. Uh, going two and one against them is really hard. And that's something that James Franklin has only done once in his time at Penn State. And, and you don't even have to look at the 2014-2015 seasons because of uh, the way sanctions were impacting Penn State's roster. But still, in the last three years, he's gone two and one against them once, and that was in 2016. Uh, Michigan State was having a really big down year, and of course, they still lost to Michigan by 39 points that year. Um, but Penn State needs more years like that, and they need, they need to be able to win two of these games each year. Or, or when they have years where they go one and two or 0 oh and three, they have to be exceptions they have to be down and rebuilding years for Penn State and in the long run that very well may be what 2018 is looked back as for Penn State but still to lose those two games to lose all three of these games in the various fashions that they did is uh, incredibly frustrating and uh, disheartening um, so after that after Saturday it was kind of the at least, you know, it was the same outcome and a similar feeling to what happened in Ann Arbor in 2016. And it certainly was not clear then, but Penn State was on the right path after that game two and a half years ago. They responded by 
winning the rest of the regular season games, winning the Big Ten title miraculously, improbably, and going to the Rose Bowl. And you can kind of ask yourself again, after another embarrassment at the big house, is Penn State on the right path? I still think so. I think this is just a young team who has not been able to close and then just got whose offense wasn't ready to go against a very good defense on Saturday and resulted in a bad loss. And that's probably what it is. But you have to ask yourself, is Penn State still on the right path? Is James Franklin able to, as he said, get this team from being elite to great or great to elite, excuse me. And that's something he wants to do. And they looked like neither elite nor great on Saturday. So can he do that? Can this team that is bringing in good recruits, has a lot of young talent on this roster, build in that direction again after another loss in Michigan makes you look in the mirror and, and ask yourself, what, where is this program? Penn State responded in a big way last time after they got embarrassed at Michigan. They need to do so again this time, and they need to make sure that this doesn't happen every two years when they go to Ann Arbor. All right, so that's what we learned from this week's loss at Michigan for Penn State. That has been our Monday Rewind and our Monday show. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate you sticking with me here, even as it (laughs) has been a couple hard Monday shows to talk about after some tough losses for Penn State this year. Uh, Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and leave us a rating and review if you can on Apple Podcasts. It helps other Penn State fans find our show. We really appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back later this week. We'll have uh, some more on the fallout of what happened at Michigan. There's going to be plenty to talk about with uh, Penn State and Wisconsin coming up this weekend. Quarterback questions, other questions about this program and this team. Uh, so we'll have plenty more to talk about this week. Also get into some Penn State basketball talk. Penn State basketball is back. So there, if you're looking for a positive, uh, the Nittany Lions did beat West Virginia in a scrimmage the other day. So there you go. Uh, that was the one positive thing to happen uh, for, for pe- big-time Penn State athletics this weekend. So we'll have some talk about that and some more talk about Penn State football moving forward uh, in the rest of the week. So make sure you check out those shows. And uh, you can find all of our shows on iTunes, as I mentioned. We also tweet them out each day. You can find us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Follow us there for all our latest info. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again Tuesday.